Today's episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Internet service providers in the United States have been known to sell data to ad companies. In the United Kingdom and Australia, internet service providers are required to keep logs of the websites you visit. Certain countries even restrict and censor certain websites and content. As our listeners know, security is paramount when it comes to cryptocurrency. ExpressVPN is the industry standard that puts a stop to all of this while ensuring the security and privacy of not only your browsing history, but your wallet connections. Utilizing data encryption and IP masking, ExpressVPN gives users peace of mind no matter what part of the world you're in. My listeners can go to www.expressvpn.com slash mohawk, M-O-H-A-W-K. That's expressvpn.com slash mohawk to see how you can get three months free of the best VPN subscription service available. Everyone, welcome to another edition of the Mohawk Mandate. I'm your host, Mr. Mohawk. Today, uh, joining me from across the pond, as they say, uh, a colleague of mine at Caliber Capital Group, the founder of Analysis on Chain. Um, Jason, thank you so much for joining us today and, and you know, having the uh, you know opportunity on my end to speak with you a little bit about your journey and, and all that you're doing in the space. Well, thanks for having me. And um, yes, and to dis- disappoint anyone who's listening, I don't have a cup of tea right now, which is what any <laughs> Brit would have in their hand. I've got some water, but that'll keep me going. But it's always a pleasure to come and you know talk to people uh, about the space. I love Web3, so um, I can talk all day about it. So let's go. Perfect. Well, good. I, I think a great way to kick this off would be an opportunity um, for us to talk a little bit about how we were able to connect in, um, you know, a, a prior venture that I was at that ended not so great. And some of the things that I was able to learn about you through that process. And then we can, you know, as, as we discuss that, get into a little bit about your journey in Web3 and how that has brought you to um, your own protocol, your involvement with Caliber. Um, it is, it's quite the story. Um, so for, for those of you that may not know, uh, I was involved, we, you know, we, we don't have to go into names of uh, the, the prior protocol too much, but um, there was an individual that uh, ended up taking advantage of what could have been a very lucrative, lucrative situation for the community, in my opinion, um, coming up to a launch that we had planned uh the protocol no longer existed um there was an excuse that was made as to why it had ended um one of the other individuals that i was pretty vocal about this behind the scenes uh we were able to put together a little bit of uh almost like a a crowdsourced investigation of sorts with the community attached to it and when we were releasing that um jason had actually stumbled across this protocol as well. And he had uh, myself and uh, Matt on to, you know, an an A of A or AMA of sorts, excuse me. Um, And I I think that after we were done with that, that was uh, one of the longer ones that you had, two and a half hours almost that we were able to talk about that. Yeah, but it's... It's not so often you get to hear 
like a story of you know something as mind-blowing as that from you know a victim standpoint but also from a team standpoint Yeah. as well because you you was on the team but you was also you know a victim of this Right. so it's not very often you get to hear those um perspectives and so yeah it where the story is like that I always think it's really important to share some of those, um, you know, nuggets of information and um, any lessons that can be learned to the community as well. So, yeah, um, it's two and a half hours, but it seemed like 10 minutes. It's one of Yeah, those, right? no kidding. Um, but yeah, so that was where, uh, you know, we had a chance to connect over kind of, uh, you know, a, a very, very upsetting end to, uh, you know, regardless of, of anyone listening that, that has thoughts or feelings on it. Uh, I was still confident in the team at that point. There were a lot of individuals that wanted to see the benefit of this protocol to the community and knowing how great that community was. Um, but, you know, as we got to that point, it was nice to be able to kind of come up with the answers that we were looking for in the who and the how. And Jason, I think you were a big part of allowing us to get to that point in the work that you do with analysis on chain. So going to toss it over to you to pretty much break down what it is that you're able to provide protocols that end up with a similar end where there's a bad actor or there's some type of negligence that goes into a lot of people being left without their initial investment that they had made. The answer to that is pretty varied, you know, depending on the situation from my experience. Mm -hmm. Um, What we often find in Web3 is that uh, something happens, a wallet gets drained, a protocol gets hacked, dev run, runs off with the funds. There's no community support, right? You can't call somebody and say, hey, this happened, right? It's just, there's, there's nothing like that Right. out there. Um, so, I mean, Where we where we are now versus what you know where we started are two different things. But essentially, what we try to do, and we can't do it with everybody because we're only a limited number of people, right? If we had unlimited resources in terms of time um, that was at everyone's disposal, then you know we would happily help everyone. But it's just not possible, I'm afraid. So what we try to focus on is. I kind of look at it as like a, a sort of a two-pronged attack. Let's, let's take some form of process flow in mind here. If we try and visualize a process flow. Um, so you start off with a um, the beginning, right? You've got the individual. They've fallen down that rabbit hole straight into DeFi. Um, we'll take DeFi as the example. It could be NFTs, you name it. But right. we'll take DeFi as the example. They stumble down that that hole, um, and what do they see? Well, they'll probably go on YouTube. They'll probably go and see some influencers who have been paid to market a particular project because of the outreach that they have, and that's what they see. Um, but it, it's not just limited to that. It could also be a website. 
the website could have um even scammers are very clever in terms of marketing right so the websites can be set up in such a way that it just pulls people in right right so you've got all of these if you're a new person coming into the space you've got all of these different avenues that you can turn but each one of them is kind of like when you're walking down the strip at las vegas hey come on in you know it's like that what we try to do is if you imagine <laughs> take that analogy i'm making this up as i go by the way you take that analogy of the las vegas strip and i've never been there by the way but <clears throat> if you've got a big bright sign outside saying hey come on in we're going to make you a lot of money i'm the guy who is sort of stood around the corner of the building looking for people coming in and saying hey do you actually know what this is right 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 so we try to help people understand the risks associated to um going into projects and it's nothing more than um you know a set of objective questions that we ask where we try to get yes or no answers or at least on a point score system right and there's a specific criteria that each one uh, each question uh, has that ends up with some form of percentage score that you can give right and by the way, this is Web3. So even if it comes out at 100%, you can still lose all your capital right. because this is Web3. So, but what it does do and what it's showing to do over a longer, longer period of time is the projects that score lower have a higher probability of um, you losing your money. It's not a guarantee. You know, I've seen some really poor scoring projects last longer than i thought they would i've seen some high scoring projects that fail just because traditional businesses can fail right as well right um so we try to educate people as they go in and really we just want to help people make better decisions before they go into a project if they go into the project that's fine if they've gone into the project and they are fully aware of all the risks you'll find that the bet size is smaller and so it's more tolerable if something does go wrong. That's where I want to be. That's where I want the whole Web3 community community to, you know, be able to by themselves make an assessment and say, yeah, this is risky. I'm just going to allot this amount of my wallet to that project. That If we were there, I'd love that. But unfortunately, I've seen people uh, throw in 75K into a project 10 minutes later gone back door opens up on a project it's uh, it's gone um you know so if anything yeah we're just highlighting the red flags that's all we're doing it's nothing spectacular i like to say that we're helping people see under the hood of a project so they go into the project mingle with the community something happens something fails what we can also support with is we can we have some pretty good skills on the team. It's not just my immediate team, but we've got a, a pretty big network now, which has been building over the past year, specifically focused on things like security. Uh, we've got a range of skills from like web two through to web three, uh, white hat ethical hackers, and you know teams of people who really just want to help. Now, it's very rare that you can actually stop funds from leaving the blockchain, going out through Tornado Cash or whatever. It's very rare. I'm talking like 99.9% .9 chance of it not happening. Right. 
you know, funds, funds being returned to that individual. Well, it's the nature of the blockchain, right? Once it's sent, it's sent. You can't, there's no, there's no bank there for you, for them to reverse the transactions. So, but what we can do is offer a service um, of documenting exactly what happened, where the money went to, even if it passes through tornado cash in some uh, cases, but also how it happened, which I think is equally as important to understand and to learn about for future reference as well. So, you know, those sets of skills, we're educating people coming in, looking at the risks and then being able to identify what's happened in um, subsequent events. That really enables us to have an objective view in terms of looking at a particular project, right? Um, from from start to finish, from end to end, from um, dev funds coming in through to treasury transactions out, or you name it, right? Right. So yeah, that that's where that's where we are today. Yeah, and I, I think it's in a way it's almost like a a risk mitigation tool that people can use where they don't necessarily have to wait until things are too late and they're reading you know your um, analysis after the worst has happened you do a lot of work with projects preemptively going through that checkpoint or that checklist that you guys have you know adapted and molded over the last months and people can make a very very informed decision I think, you know, out of everything that you said, one of the main points is it, it does, even if it scores a hundred percent, it doesn't mean that the web three nature of it isn't still there, but it's a, it's a calculated risk. You understand all of the nuances that potentially, or better yet, all the nuances with the potential of risk that you, you know, you basically take on when you're investing in a, a certain protocol. Uh, I think it's a very necessary um, entity in the space right now over the last year, um, especially starting in like November, December of last year, when we saw this influx of traders coming into the space that didn't really know a whole bunch. Actually, I, I think you mean the year before 2021, right? In uh, the highs in the market, is that what you're referring oh, to? Yes, yes, yes. I apologize. I can't believe it's been that long already but yes november no. 2021 it ages you right 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 it feels like you know five years and three months both wrapped up into one i i it's a it's a hard thing to explain but um yes this november december of 2021 when you know shiba inu was on the news for two three months and people realized or thought that they had realized oh so i can just buy this one decentralized financial coin and it's going to you know go up and and be 100x in the green and and they don't or they didn't at the time understand all of the risks that go in that you have to take on as basically an unsecured like there's no SEC or there's no legal entity that's going to protect your money the same way that if you're in, if you're dealing with a bank if that all gets taken out there are safeguards in in place to kind of make you whole again um a lot of people didn't realize that that wasn't the case here and we saw kind of what a misinformed understanding of web3 and crypto could do to the uninformed trader 
And I think it's it's a hard thing to get people interested in the education that one should have or should pay attention to in this volatile space. But with the efforts that you guys are putting in and the all you know different uh, angles that you guys are taking with all that you do, I commend you for you know really taking this approach with education being at the forefront of everything that you guys are doing. Um, what I wanted to ask, now that we kind of have an understanding of what um, analysis on chain, what you do, what your team does, um, kind of from an ethos standpoint, when when you got involved with crypto, was that kind of what you were thinking that it would be? Or did your experience in the space just kind of drive you towards this? I'd love to hear kind of the story of how this actually came about to the point where you said, okay, I think I have a knack for something like this and I'd like to you know, pursue that route. Yeah, so um, I think to understand that, you've got to understand my, my background, where I came from. So uh, my background is I'm an engineer, uh, you know, technically minded, and uh, I'm qualified from a general maintenance slash mechanical perspective, sort of lower levels. But then I studied for seven years for electrical electronic engineering. Um, right now I'm studying for uh, business leadership. Uh, on top of everything I'm doing in, in the space and IRL stuff as well. Um, but throughout my career, I've always, since probably 21, 22 years of age, I've always been fascinated with people. I've been, um, I, I used to be fascinated with machines. <clears throat> but then I found the whole dynamics between people is, is fascinating, to be honest. Now, um, I've worked in digital i've worked in uh, engineering productivity currently working in transformation at different levels throughout organizations but one thing i've always done outside of work sorry i'm going to rephrase that because i haven't always done it but i did do it for a number of years i'm going to say three years i think okay around three years i worked in the community uh local food banks okay okay because i um I started to do that and once I got into that, I was hooked and it was just the fact that it was about helping people because I've been lucky enough to always be in a job and, and things like that and I appreciate that, very lucky on that front. And there's people who are not so fortunate, right? So to to be able to give something back to them, I mean, we're just talking on a you know Saturday morning right. each week. But that's enough to give people a little bit of respite, um, you know, in the real world and, and things like that. Then then I moved house. Um, I'd already found sort of crypto before I moved house. But when I moved house, I thought, you know, I, I probably want to dive into there a little bit more. But I, I was the same as anyone else when I come in. The first thing I learned about was Bitcoin. And I was like, what is money? And that was like a big shock to me because nobody teaches you that, you know, in school or my parents didn't i don't think right. they know what money is you know when uh when you compare it to something like a bitcoin but then you learn about ethereum again just watching like youtube videos like everybody else would have done and you start tumbling down that that rabbit hole so um 
one thing I noticed when I came into DeFi specifically is I, I, I'm going to say December 21, no, I, December 21, maybe January, something like that, 20, 22. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I, from a particular project was able to obtain some money, just, you know, it's high to the bull market, that sort of thing. So, um, and that was weird to me because it was, it was almost like you click a couple of buttons on a screen few weeks later it's worth more and i was like okay so the engineering side of me was thinking well how is this how is it doing this right right and so th th we're talking about smart contracts here so i've not been looking at smart contracts for a long time i'm not a developer but i can think things uh, think things through um you, you know and so i I started to have a look on all the different things like block explorers. I started to learn about how we can use them. What do they mean? Even learn bits of code for the smart contracts a little bit later on and things like that. But then I started this, this project that I was in, I started to look at it and, and ask myself, how does by clicking that button, how does the money increase so that you can just take it out and walk away with it? So I looked into it and then I realized it was a Ponzi scheme, right? So I was like, oh my God, right, out. Um, I literally said, I, I, I don't want to be a part of this anymore. And, you know, just it, it just didn't feel right for me because there's no other income streams coming in and House of Cards. I mean, I didn't even really know what a Ponzi scheme was back then until I started to research it and come across Bernie um, <laughs> and things like that. So I, I was... I was like, okay, the, right, well, th this is really risky. So then I started to look into other projects, but before I got into them, I really started to look behind the scenes. And again, I, I was only sort of beginner, really. I was only just like being curious and I was asking questions in communities and saying, why is this like this? And then one day I asked what I thought was a very genuine question and um, I got plastic he's a fudder, you know, and all the clown emojis started coming out. Yeah. And, and I was like, I, I'm just trying to find out some information. You know, I'm, I'm wondering whether I should put money into this or not. And just by the reactions here. <laughs> probably, no. probably not the best place for the money to go if they can't answer the question and you get labeled as such. Yeah. yeah. I mean, remember, this is, this is, the the higher end of the market right the the bull market is probably starting to come down at this point but still so that really got to me um the not the fact like the clown emojis or anything like that or what was said it was the fact that you can't ask questions the, the reaction itself was the disturbing part of it yeah and then the, almost like this onslaught of these things as well and I mean, you refer to it as it's them protecting their bags and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But I, I just felt as though there was no place in a project's Discord or Telegram, there was no place for somebody who was questioning something to go that you could get an honest answer from or anything like that. And so um, I actually started uh, a Discord server myself. It was called Crypto Assets back then. 
<clears throat> and for me, it was just a safe space to go where people can come along and ask questions. It was all learning together. And, um, you know, I, through my understandings of, and how, you know, the research that I've done over time was able to build up questions to ask about particular projects. And I'd literally, I'd, I'd do it with emojis. I'd say, has it got multi-sig? Red flag for no or green tick for yes, it's got a multi-sig. And that, and this is just in a channel. I just have a dedicated channel in Discord and, and say, right, here's, here's what I've found for this project. And then more and more people slowly started coming in and over time and things like that. You know, I remember the day I started with zero. I remember getting my first person in. I was like, this is cool. Um, but really it's that I want, I wanted to provide a space for people to go to, <coughs> excuse me. I wanted to provide a space for people to go to that's, that's safe for them to have an opinion, to ask questions right. without fear of, um, anything coming back at them. That was one thing. The other thing is I was shocked at how many people got scammed rug pulled but it didn't understand why or couldn't see it come in i was sh really shocked at that and i guess even to this day i am it's less so right now because we're right it, we're in a bear market maybe we're coming out i don't know but there's less people about compared to when it was in a bull market right but i i remember thinking to myself you you didn't see the risks there at, at all i was asking that question almost to, to them but like in my head so that's why I started sharing the information that I could find because maybe I could help somebody, right. you know, um, and coming from the community angle of the, the, the food bank work and things like that. Um, I, I think that's how that sort of come into the space as well. And then, <clears throat> and then from there, you know, you develop over time and, um, you grow as a, as an individual, as long as your mind's in the right place. Now there's something important I think happened and I'll bring this up as well is it's you got to be careful because when you start getting pretty good at looking at something you might start taking things for granted and you might start saying well i know the risk i'll still put in some money blah 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 so i actually um at one point was talking to my friends in real life about uh crypto i was out having a meal and things like this and the next like just randomly out of nowhere we wasn't talking about crypto all night but um, just randomly after a few beers, one of my, one of my really good friends, and he still is to this day, uh, he blew up in my face and he, you know, one of the things he said was, uh, I, I put some comment on Facebook messenger, right? In my group, uh, uh, friends group. Right. And he had to go at me for that because he, he understood that I am more cautious than most in, in the space. But what he was afraid of is that some of our other friends might catch wind of what crypto is and fall down that rabbit hole and not have a clue what they're looking at, right? Las Vegas Strip. And a few beers, crypto, it'd been boiling, bottling up for a while, yeah, he blew up, yeah, right? Yeah. So that was it. For the rest of the night, me and him was discussing this. Um, might have been heated at times, but the key thing that came out of that particular Bear in mind, at one point, we was like tipping over, like, but we're still talking about right, right, blockchain. Right. You know, before we split up at the end of the night and I went on the train and he went wherever, I understood what he was saying. 
And what he was saying was, it's very risky. Mm -hmm. Okay. Don't put our friends at risk in, in this space. If they want to make their own mind up, that's, that's for them to decide. But he didn't want me to encourage them to get into the space. Okay. But it, the key word that, so I woke up the next day, the, the one word that stuck in my head was risk. And this was, I think this was February time. Pretty sure this was February. And so f since then, that, is, that, that has stuck with me because these are my best friends. You know, these guys have been with me for life. They've helped me through thick and thin. And I feel as though not only helping in the community, but at the same time, to at least not disappoint my friends, right? I was going to say make them proud, but I'm not sure I can do that. But anyway, at least <laughs> I, to not disappoint them. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it, because this is an area I'm passionate about. I think it has so much potential. He doesn't think that, and that's fine. We've all got our own opinions. But what he's saying is just don't put people at risk. I'm, I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. So that has then, that, that set solid in, in my brain ever since. Because I don't want to, I don't want to disappoint my friends. They've been uh, amazing. They've helped me through so much in life. So, uh, and my family as, as well. Um, so very rare you'll hear me talk about uh, Bitcoin. I do a little bit. My mom, we have a laugh and a joke. She bought some at like 50,000. It's like worth half of what it is now. We have a bit of a laugh right, and a yeah. joke about that. But, you know, um, that's all it is. But I don't actively, in real life, I don't actively talk about it really that much because it's risky yeah so i brought that into my server um and and i've i've never never shielded a, a particular project i've never been paid for marketing a project or anything like that i'll never accept any money for that because even in real life many <laughs> what's the percentage chance of failure for an irl business it's it's high it's so it's high it's higher than 60 percent in the 90, first three years or something 90 like percent of small businesses don't make it out of the first year i believe is the statistic which is an astronomical number you know yeah <clears throat> so drop that figure into a world where it's cowboys and the wild wild west right it's probably 98 percent, maybe a little bit higher right for success so I've always in, in this space, especially more so after that particular discussion with my friend, tried to help people make better decisions. I don't make the decisions for them. I want them to make the decisions, but I want them to understand why they're making the decision. And that's got us to where we're at today. I think it, it's such a great way of looking at it because people do have to understand that in so many different walks of life, there isn't going to be someone there holding their hand to make a decision for them, right? Everyone needs to be able to have the capacity to do so themselves. However, taking advantage of the tools that allow them to make that informed decision about what risk they're comfortable with. I think that that's a really good, um, maybe summarization of sorts to the point that your friend was making where I think maybe one of the things that I would even say in that position, um, 
or I would like to think so because most of the crypto talks that I have are typically similar to the story that you told where, you know, you have a couple of beers and, and the blockchain uh, topics just start flowing. But it would, it would be, if I'm going to invest in a, in a stock in your traditional stock market setting, any type of investment there carries a portion of risk. I think a lot of people understand that there is a portion of risk in crypto in web3 however it's basing a necessary risk versus an unreasonable risk where what is the potential for return and what is the likelihood of this failing and i think with your approach and the perspective that you bring to your community to your team um, even to to caliber capital group is so important because understanding that perspective in risk mitigation, what is, you know, each individual could could have a different threshold of risk that they are comfortable with and the amount that they're willing to take on, which, you know, we, we typically contribute to a dollar uh, amount at the end of the day when we're investing in different things. So being able to go into something with this understanding, this knowledge-based tool um, that you guys are creating, I think is so, so important. And I hope that people, it's, you know, whether, whether we're coming out of the bear, whether we're not trading sideways, whatever you want to call this current market, I hope that there are people that are able to, you know, stumble across your protocol, listen to this podcast that, uh, you came on for and understand the importance of taking the opportunity to educating themselves. So they are able to incorporate the tool that you've built into their own assessment moving forward through, you know, DeFi, NFTs, whatever uh, segment of Web3 that they get involved in. Um, I hope that protocols like yourself, protocols like Caliber, offer people kind of like an internal reckoning of sorts where they want to know more. They want to take advantage of what is in front of them incorporate that into their own journey so they become a more knowledgeable investor moving forward. I don't think enough people put the emphasis on the knowledge base of it yet. People are, are worried about making a quick buck, not a lot of sustainable and longevity to that type of mindset, but there are some people that have taken the initiative to branch out, have, uh, you know, the the internal conversation with them like you had with yourself about how does this work and looking into the smart contract technology and then understanding that something that you were involved in might not be the best exposure to the money that you have dedicated to it. Um, I think if more people adopt that kind of mindset and really take the freedom of their finances in this way, um, we're going to see a better Web3. We're going to see, you know, there's there's benefits in so many other walks of life that taking this type of mindset uh, it it really it allows you to explore so again i i commend you uh and what you guys are doing with um, and just to chip in there just one yeah. slight correction sorry um it, we're not a protocol um we're a, a community first and we provide our knowledge and experience 
we we try to do it as uh, you know for free as best we can uh, we have professional services as well and we you know we can help uh, um, companies and uh, groups of people and individuals um, but yeah the, the the only like we have a subscription model but it's not a protocol okay it's just through paypal and, and whatever but so, so there's a slight nuance there. Yeah, i just yeah, wanted yeah. to make that absolutely clear yeah my uh my mistake on that um more more so like you said a community where people can come people can learn they can ask any type of question about really any any part of the the space that they are not familiar with they have an opportunity to learn from yourself your team the individuals that are a part of your community uh you know i've i've stopped in even before the the caliber thing and it was after the ama that we did uh and you know i was before you know all of my spare time had been taken from me with this most recent venture but um just such such nice individuals that were willing to lend a hand where and when they could and i think that there is something to be said about that you know every every community and every discord has a few here and there which is always nice but to see an entire community built from that perspective of, of that caliber of people. Um, it was really refreshing. So again, kudos to the space that you have built. I mean, a, a community is the reflection of the team and who that team attracts. So I think that you guys have really done a spectacular job in, in that area. Thank you. And, it is a community, yes. Um, I'd like it to be a mindset, you know, in the space. I'd like the whole Web3 to adopt a mindset like this. Is it going to happen? I, I doubt, you know, you can get everyone there just because of new turnover of, of people and right. things like that. But that's the vision. You know, I just want I, I want people to make better decisions. Now, this is where it really, you know, comes to fruition. Just today, this morning, about sort of 6 a.m. my time, which would be 1 or 2 a.m. at your time, I think, right? Yep. Four Discord servers got hacked. Where did people go? They came into our server because we we, we actually know the people who run that those particular Discord servers, and everyone's like, this seems out of character. What do you think? So <clears throat> somebody actually got scammed of $100, a click to link, and there was a wallet drainer there. Um, so they came and said, hey, JP, you need to um, you need to just alert everyone. So we alerted everyone in the community, Twitter, Telegram, alerted Certic. They put notes out, um, and then in the community, you can go through a main chat today. It was amazing what happened. Right, everyone was just posting everything that they're seeing, and it was like a a storyline building of you know what was happening, how to stay safe, and what to do, what not to do. And that's what I want to see more of. Um, I wish it wasn't just in my server and it's not just in my server. There are other places as well. But if the whole space was, you know, like that, everyone out to help each other, I think the space would move on leaps and bounds. Right. We're not there in reality. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's, it's definitely attracted the wrong individual that feels that they can take advantage of the not the most knowledgeable investor, so to speak. Um, well, actually, yeah, let me just touch on that because that's really important. Um, 
uh, and I, I mentioned this to one or two people in, in my community. Before Web3, before blockchain, before yeah. Bitcoin and Ethereum and all these things, what did you need to be to be an investor? You needed like a million dollars, I think at least. Uh, or you needed to be educated to a certain degree right, or a certain level. Yeah. So that either you've got the money or you've got the education, but either way, you're going to have some sort of um, macroeconomic outlook to your mindset, let's say. As good as, in my opinion, as Web3 is and what it does do to the world and what I think it will do to the world in terms of revolution, revolutionizing some industries that we have, it means that the entry level to invest in, in terms of education, if we just um, talk about only education has dropped. So no longer do you need to have these degrees to get involved. Like if my son wanted to get involved or um, uh, Joe down the street wanted to get involved, they can get involved. You don't, there's no prerequisite to get involved besides you need some money. Right, and, and um, that, that amount is like, hey, you can put five bucks in. Right, you can pay the whatever fee it is, and and you're in, and you're ready to trade. Yeah, which is it's democratized investing. In, in I'm going to put that in quotation marks because in some instances it's gambling, right? Yeah, yeah. Clearly, there's some real degen crap out there. It might go to the moon, moon boys, all that sort of stuff. But you look at the more solid technologies the likes of Bitcoin. Ethereum's kind of outdated in my opinion, but it's solid. It's, where it's like the New York of the world, right? It's it's big, the traffic's slow, uh, it's expensive, but everyone likes to go there. Or at least that, that's, Actually, that's that's probably the, the best way that I've heard anyone put Ethereum to date. I mean, you, you couldn't be more correct. Yeah. yeah. So um, like where was that. I going with that? Sorry. With... Um, I guess the the comparison of the technology and what Ethereum offers and yeah I, yeah thank you I was talking about you know gamble versus solid yeah, technology yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So, um so there are some I think ha uh, some technologies that have longevity in them how how much longevity who knows right who knows but um, more so than others let's say now. If you mix that democratization of being able to invest, gamble, depending on which way you look at it, mixed in with the fact that you've got a real broad uh, spectrum of technologies out there, some which have zero utility, some which are marketed incredibly well, some really smart uh, marketers on good and bad projects, by the way, right. you mix all that together You've, you've got a, a pretty dangerous space to be in. It can be lucrative, but the risks are really high. And there's there's not much, I know there's you know some universities and things that are starting to put on blockchain specific courses, but I think that's more a, around the technology rather than, right. uh, you know, looking at the, the outlooks of what, the, what does this mean? What are the implications of it? You know, so um, for me, there's a, a big gap in the education 
There really is. Uh, compared to what it was before, we've gone from this level of education to you don't need any, actually. Right. You'd be a 12-year-old kid and you can just get in if you want. And that's is what it is. Um, that's a big gap. And so, you know, if we can just help one or two people at least prevent them from getting the wallet drained or prevent them from entering a project which we know is going to last a week and we've we've called projects out and said this is literally going to fall over in a week and guess what happens it falls over in a week right. you can see things if you know where to look but people don't know where to look they see the the las vegas strip club or whatever it is like hey come on in and they go in yeah i it's a it's a really great way of putting it people tend to fall for the bells and whistles rather than looking at the fundamentals that a, a protocol can potentially have. Um, but, you know, I, I, I think that's a great segue with what we've tried to incorporate with AOC into CCG and Caliber is kind of going after um, the the ones that are paying attention to the fundamentals and you know, they, some may have the, the big welcome sign, some may not, but we have this understanding through the process that we've, you know, taken through, um, just what type of individual is on their team, what type of name they're trying to build themselves in the space. Are they paying attention to the fundamentals? Is this stepping outside of the Ponzi-nomic, uh, tokenomics that we've seen so often with all of these different protocols. Um, I, I think with the, you know, with the caliber of client that we're looking for with caliber, a big part of that is the incorporation of analysis on chain into being that first line of defense for us with our vetting. It allows us to be, um, it allows us to be more aggressive with a better understanding of who we're dealing with that I don't think a lot of marketing protocols have. Um, it helps you make better decisions. I, yes. End of the day. I, I think that's, that's a great, a great way to wrap up how the relationship works is, uh, it, it allows us to do more and do so knowledgeably, which is exactly what you're doing with, uh, your community and your discord and, and all of your, uh, other social medias and groups. Um, I want to get a little bit more into, um, you know, how we were able to develop this relationship. And after uh, the AMA that um, you had me on for that we talked a little bit about at the beginning of the episode. And it was, in my opinion, it was perfect timing because one of the problems that I had at this last venture was I couldn't find good sustainable marketing a lot of it was okay you pay this person they're gonna <clears throat> they're gonna put out twitter ads for you and they're gonna pay twitter to do a lot of it and it's a lot of like buy click stuff that isn't really long term um you have influencers that you know they would take a payment in whatever but behind the scenes in a burner wallet they would buy ten thousand dollars worth of this token shill it to their community pump and dump it, end up selling. Okay, you went up uh, a little bit, but you didn't change uh, a TVL or 
basically the value of the token, you'd now have more people that got involved at a loss. And then the one specific entity is the one that, that walked out on top. Uh, then you have, you know, your, um, your alpha groups that you pay $500 for tier one and they get the, and, and it, it almost like creates a Ponzi of buyers within this own ecosystem of itself, really. Because the, the person who pays more for the subscription, the people that buy after them, those are the gains there. And it just doesn't, it, it doesn't have a, a very sustainable model. So with what my vision was to, you know, find something that was meaningful, sustainable, um, long-term, had longevity to it, uh, and then stopping into, uh, you know, analysis on chain, having the discussion about that protocol and it made so much sense to me going that extra step to find a way to build something sustainable while also mitigating that risk and you know uh, the process that you have adapted into analysis on chain the what is it now 171 point checklist that vetting checklist that you guys have uh, it, it's been such a crucial role in allowing us to focus on other sectors and the the involvement i think it's it it just adds another cog to the gear wheel that we have but it allows us to add more cogs to that gear wheel because we know that there is some type of structure that gives us a a proper objective assessment that can be used as a baseline no matter what and and there's really no other in my opinion there's no one else that is approaching it objectively like that because you know the the questions are whether whether you like a team or don't like the team it doesn't change change the answer to the potential question and whether there's an answer that suffices or not that is the importance of what it offers what and and this is kind of a circle back as well uh, I have written down that you had never accepted uh, payment for any marketing or, or things like that. And I think it, it takes me back to the initial conversation that we had where, you know, I, I wanted to get you involved. I wanted to, to find a way to get this vetting involved and, and find a way for you to make money in this. And I, I think that we have come a long way since that conversation. Um, but, you know, I... I saw you smile as, as soon as I brought it up because I'm, I'm sure you remember the conversation. But tell me a little bit about maybe some of the hesitancy at the beginning and how we've been able to adapt or move forward from that in the last, you know, geez, six months now. Yeah. It starts off as, um, for, for me, there's first and foremost risk, yeah. right? We've had that conversation during this particular talk now. There's a reason why I've never accepted any money for marketing. Yes, I may have put some content out on Twitter or, or whatever. I'm not saying I haven't mentioned projects. Um, but that's through my own accord, through the research that I've done and, right. and things like that, right? Um, based on what I've seen, based on where I can benchmark it and, and things like that. So it's with some form of uh, 
educated um, guess. And the reason why it's a guess is because even then, you solely, you know, it's called DeFi, decentralized finance, but it's not really decentralized. These, a lot of protocols, a lot of projects are actually really centralized. Yeah. Um, in that you are solely dependent on the team. So the moment that you take a payment from a marketing perspective and say, yep, you give me some money, doesn't matter how big or small, as soon as you take that money, there's a conflict of interest in, in my opinion, if you're a marketer. Yeah. Um, and we'll come on to that a little bit more in terms of as a concept a little bit later on. But from my perspective, um, I, I want to work in a space in a way that provides zero conflicts of interest for myself. So um, we put, you know, our, our members, they can see the research that we've done. They can see the, uh, you know, the red flags and things like that. But essentially, I, I fear for trusting in other people in this space when there's anonymity which you know there's no, there's a whole debate around that right but the fact is we've got an anonymity you have developers who um, may have been to school probably haven't with solidity or rust or whatever the language is right um who can build in back doors into the contracts and steal your money drain your wallets that sort of thing there's so many variables in play that even if you think a project is going to be successful and things like that it could still turn sour quickly so for me what i really despise and i i've been out publicly on this matter is where um i've called out youtubers but you know you could you could classify other things you know some banner ads on bse scan and there's been all sorts of trash everywhere right where People will platform projects without doing any form of due diligence at all. They'll take the money. Yep. And it's a service, right? They take the money, they put them on the platform. That gives them exposure to lots of people come in, invest, money gets stolen. That's what I have a real problem with. <clears throat> I can probably say on two or th probably two fingers, actually, YouTubers who I've spoken to who put in and I would say an amount of work that would rival our own before they platform them. It's very rare. So when you first approached me, you, you know, you asked me to help do marketing. Right. And I said, no, I'm not helping with marketing. Right. right. We, had, we had that discussion. Yep, yep. Um, and that's the reason it's just for me with my, principles that i've come into the space with and i intend to stay with because i intend to be here in the long term right i personally don't want to take on the risk of marketing uh, projects protocols yeah. people off the street who you know call it what you will they may be they may be really well experienced and been in web3 since 2011 you know or they may have just got into the game yesterday and copied a contract right that's what you're dealing with in this space. So I personally don't feel comfortable with that. And that's why I said no. 
But I do believe there is a market for responsible, a market for responsible marketing. Yeah, yeah. Now, what does that mean? Well, can you give a black and white answer whether something's going to be a scam or not? The answer is no. Right, you just don't know. It depends on the people driving the thing. It depends on the, the developer and what their <clears throat> what their intentions are. Right. You don't know. Anyone on the outside looking in, you do not know what the intentions are of those that people. So, what can you arm yourself with? You can arm yourself with um, education. You can learn how to look at these things, and you can ask objective questions that gives right or wrong answers about a particular protocol it either has a multi-sig or it doesn't right it has variable taxes all the way up to 100 percent, or it doesn't right right these are the types of questions that, that we ask now what in terms of a service that we'll provide you is you'll get a package from us you'll get a, a documentation uh, sorry, a document pack, which is somewhere between nine and 20 pages long. It depends. That, that's the, the range I've seen so far. And you will see a score, right? You'll have a matrix of where they've scored is 195 points now, by the way. Um, we keep developing it as we go along and, you know, adding more questions in and being a bit more specific here. And it's all for experience. We, we will give you our findings, Okay we're not we're still not saying because it's not our place to say we don't know remember we, we was just saying that right. we don't know even if it's the highest scoring project which is about 91 percent now it's, i think it's uh, either coinos or constellation dag blockchains right so even those projects which are massive real reputable people behind them are not at that 100 percent mark for whatever reason <clears throat> So you're going to get a, a product from us which enables you to read through it and assess for yourselves, make a better decision for yourselves of how you want to, A, whether you want to market them or not. Right. Right? Because they might go through the process. They might get a score of, I don't know, run of the mill, let's say. Anything below 70%, I'm calling heightened risk. So let's say 71%. Okay. okay, you might get that. And for Calibre, you might want a minimum of 75%, right? right? That's for you to determine. But <clears throat> you're going to be able to look at the pack and know for sure that because we've not been paid for marketing, we're paid to do a service. And that service is to vet a particular protocol from money coming into the developer's wallet, money coming into the team's wallet, right from the beginning, all the way throughout, we'll analyze the audits, we'll go through <clears throat> um, and understand who's done KYC, we'll look at the whole project, where funds have been going from, what's been happening around LP pools, what the team wallet's doing, is Tornado Cash involved? Is, you know, the list can go on. Excuse me. So you're gonna get an end-to-end -end view of the risks of the project. And by the way, we cannot foresee every single risk. Right. There's going to be new ways of people exploiting things. There's going to be, you know, auditors, Certic uh, who do a you know, really good job, get things wrong from time to time. It's often because of scope of audits and that's a debate all in itself. But no one in this space can guarantee 
the future of any particular project. I don't care who you are, unless you are... No, I don't think you can, because even if you're owner of a project, you don't know what the market conditions are going to do, right? right? You don't right. know... You don't know if you're going to have some whale comes in and just sweeps everything up and bye-bye, and you know, you just don't know. So, I think, and I think by, you know, by us providing the service for you, it allows you to stand back and say, all right, protocol, we, we know what you can do. Um, we see your bells, we see your whistles, right? But let me have a look under the hood. Let me see what's going on underneath. And, you know, we, we've looked at projects already and we've made suggestions, projects have implemented multi-sigs and some some, ba <laughs> some uh, real basic stuff. Um, but yeah, we, we'll go through a lot of questions. Once you look under the hood of that particular project, you're going to be able to make a better decision for yourself as capital does does platforming this project fit with the the, the morals and the um the, the future facing vision of ccg that's the question that you're going to ask yourself um i'm not going to be able to answer that question <coughs> excuse me i'm not going to be able to answer that question that's for ccg to go and uh, you know answer that question we can of course give you some comparisons versus some other projects and maybe some benchmarking and things like that but decision is going to come down to you guys then even if you platform them you know just because you're platforming does that mean they're safe not really because right. you don't know what the intentions of the people are behind it so at least with the percentage score that we provide you're going to be able to say even if it's 90 percent, it's web3 it's high risk remember that yeah even if it's 100 percent, you could still lose all your capital i said that right at the start the further away you get <clears throat> from that the lower that you get the higher the risk is yeah. because there's less transparency there's less security um owners don't care about the protocol that they put in and care about one thing yep. right but you'll be even if you platform them you you may even be able to say we're giving these guys a space here's our disclaimer it will give you it will give you a level of confidence to either say whether you want to platform them or not if you do want to platform them what type of message do you also want to give from a caliber perspective out to your community right so um, I don't know if I've worded that, you know, in a good way, but that, that, that's what I think our service can bring. It, it's just that objective third party look at a particular project right. before you as an organization put platform them. But between us all, we all know, even if it's 100%, people could still lose their right. capital, right? I so. think the, the biggest thing for me in my experience with you and the integrity that you have uh, approached everything that I had seen at that time, I thought it was a, a very necessary conversation on my end to try in any way that I could to incorporate what you are doing and, and have that integrity be a part of the decision-making caliber or decision-making process at caliber. Um, I think that we have achieved what we were looking to do in not putting you in, um, you know, a, a tough position to go against your morals and your ethos of, you know, the marketing and, and your feelings with that. And we are able to incorporate your service 
to be proactive about the individuals that we're getting involved with. So it's not in a too late sense. It's we get to see all of these details before we do the marketing, before we expose our community to them. And I think that that's going to be a really good selling point for us. Um, of course, I, I expect that we're not going to be batting a thousand as we bring on clients and things happen over the next you know, 12, 18, 24 months, whatever it is. But I hope that with the process that we have, we are able to make an authentic presentation of who we're being involved with, why we are convinced, and allow people to utilize the things that they learn in our community, in your community, and make their own decision on whether they want to get involved or not, how they want to get involved. And I think, or I would like to at least think that we're trying to we're trying to make a higher standard or elevate the bar on what we and everyone around us can expect from a protocol as your, you know, quote unquote average retail investor. And I think with the incorporation of education into what you do, how we're trying to incorporate that same mindset into caliber, these are things that will allow for personal growth, you know, both in other areas of you know, outside of financial sectors, right? But more importantly, in the financial sectors where people can go through that decision process with a few extra tools on their belt that they can make that judgment and that assessment at the end of the day. So, um, you know, of course, I I love everything that you guys are doing and I'm very, very happy that from that initial conversation that we had until here we are now, you know, so many months later, uh, that we've been able to find something that would is you know moving forward it's it's a good working relationship. Um, we hope to be able to provide clients that approach us with marketing uh, and referring them to you guys. Um, I I just think it's a it's a beneficial relationship for everyone involved and it allows us at the end of the day to have a better more informed product that we're presenting to our community. So again, I I do thank you for that. Um, I wanted to ask a little bit about what you have going on with analysis on chain in the coming months, the future, um, things that we can ex- expect and, you know, the next step of what's, what's the analysis on chain story. Sure. So, um, couple of big changes actually so um the vision the morals the ethics uh doesn't change we'll continue to deliver that because that's that's why you know we started what we started and that won't change if you stick with something and you are very clear on where you're going with something you're very clear on what the vision is and you know how you want to impact a particular space in in my case it's web3 and, and communities right um we want to help people and organizations make better decisions. Um, and as you build a brand, as you begin to, as, <clears throat> or at least as people start to associate a, a particular brand, a particular person or set of, a set of people with certain qualities, certain morals and, and things like that, uh, your, your reputation starts to grow more, right? And that's, well, that's kind of like where we're going now. Now, we've never really had any sort of vision of 
by year one, we want to be making this amount of revenue. Right. It, we just got into it because we wanted to help people make better decisions. Yeah. So when, when you start from nothing with no intentions of creating a business, you, you, you have to make a couple of pivots in order to make sure that you are appealing to more people, right. more organizations and, and things like that to, to be able to help more people. So we're going to be changing our, um, our brand at some point in the near future. What happens underneath the well-oiled machine doesn't change, um, but we hope to make it more appealing to uh, more people across the space, more organizations like yourselves, um, <clears throat> more, more groups and more communities who want to get a third party's opinion on, on something, right? But yeah, to do that, we're going we're gonna to re rebrand. We're going to um, change the, the, the aesthetics of what we're doing. The brand will change slightly. The website will change. Um, but it's more, it's, it's really with a long term. Now we're in this the particular area that we're in. <clears throat> we want to build a long term vision of how we're going to deliver that, right? Because we we are delivering results for people. We are helping people. We're delivering results for organizations. So now we've we've got to look, right, where does that five-year plan right, take us? And in order to do that, I personally feel as though we've just got to change a few things. Nothing major, just a slight name change. I mentioned that already because there's only time, so I'll, I'll move on from that. But also, I'm a sole trader here in the UK, sole proprietor, I think you call it in the US. Yeah. And in order to increase our legitimacy for organizations in particular, we need to be a limited organization. We need to be registered and, and whatnot. So that's, that's on the cards as well, because whilst we are growing organically, I've only ever paid for marketing once. That was $20 on a Twitter, uh, on a tweet. Right, right, right. Which really do anything but anyway it is what it is um organic growth in my opinion is the best type of growth and yeah you know we i, I think having the legitimate organization that's registered here in the uk will give organizations confidence in us as a, a as a as a set of people skills services and and products to help them help other people make better decisions right but yeah man i i'm really looking forward to seeing everything that you come up with um in the change i know um you've been thinking about some things uh as far as the changes go um i'd like to be you know one of the ones to congratulate you on all the success that you've seen so far in you know like you've said from starting from zero creating this entity that is now uh, or i'd like to think you know uh, from the outside looking in a flourishing structured environment where people can go to learn um you know with with my outlook and in, in so many other areas it's refreshing that there are people who have this type of emphasis in the space um, so again, I congratulate you for all of your success to this point, wishing you nothing but continued uh, success moving forward. Um, 
one of the things that we breezed over a little bit today that I would like to tease for potentially a, a part two with this episode, uh, we got to talk about you know your journey and and your driving passion with analysis on chain. Um, I would like to potentially next time talk about um, how whether it's a, a protocol or an individual that wants to um, you know get involved with your services and we can really do a showcase of how they can do that and what the entire relationship from from start to finish means um, but yeah as far as you know everything that, that we spoke about today um, I, I think this was a, a fantastic learning experience and you know even for me I've been working with you for so long there are things that um, I was able to learn about your journey that I wasn't privy to in the past so uh, again man thank you so much for taking the time today um, we will have all of the links to uh, analysis on chain um, and anything else that Jason wants to have down in the bio uh, those will be changing when we release a part two with the rebrand and, and all of those things. So uh, if you guys just make sure that you look in the bio, uh, wherever you consume your podcasts, those will be up to date in you know, what, what the website is, the Discord invites and, and all of those things. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to, uh, to part two. We can really get into um, you know, the dynamic of getting involved with analysis on chain from, you know, a, a protocol standpoint. Um, and, and, you know, we'll go from there. So again, man, thank you so much. Yeah, it's always a pleasure. You know, if, even if we, from this conversation, even if one person listens to it and says, you know, what, I'm going to learn a little bit more about some of these projects I'm getting into, that's a win for me. So right. thanks for having us really appreciate the time. Yeah, it's been it's been good. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. No problem, buddy. We will uh, we will talk to you soon, guys. Cheers.